also with you. The Lord is risen. He is risen indeed. In virtual worship, our sanctuary empty, we gather this Easter tide, April 26, 2020. The liturgy, music, and sermon are offered in the praise of God for our virtual congregation through WBUR 90.9 FM and our listenership now and later at WBUR.org. If you are wrestling with anxiety or depression in this different season, we at Marsh are at your service and disposal in ministry and will respond if and as able. Today's service of worship includes both greeting and sermon, new for this week, a dialogue sermon, as is our custom on Bach Sundays, with Dr. Jarrett joining me in preaching, together along with the cantata and liturgy rebroadcast from April 2017. Although our nave is empty, the music is full. We are so grateful for the ministry of music which Dr. Jarrett has guided here at Marsh Chapel over many years, and particularly for the beauty of the music this morning. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it.
we pray. O God, whose blessed Son made himself known to his disciples in the breaking of bread, open the eyes of our faith that we may behold him in all his redeeming work, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Please be seated. A lesson from the first epistle to Peter of Peter, chapter 1, verses 17 through 23. If you invoke as father the one who judges all people impartially according to their deeds, live in reverent fear during the time of your exile. You know that you are ransomed from the feudal ways inherited from your ancestors, not with perishable things like silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without defect or blemish. He was destined before the foundation of the world, but was revealed at the end of the ages for your sake. Through him you have come to trust in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory, so that your faith and hope are set on God. Now that you have purified your souls by your obedience to the truth, so that you have genuine mutual love, love one another deeply from the heart. You have been born anew, not of perishable, but of imperishable seed, through the living and enduring word of God, the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please join me in reading verses from Psalm 116 responsively with the antiphon. I love the Lord because he has heard my voice and my supplications. Because he inclined his ear to me, therefore I will call on him as long as I live. The snares of death encompassed me. The pangs of Sheol laid hold on me. I suffered distress and anguish. Then I called on the name of the Lord. O Lord, I pray, save my life. What shall I return to the Lord for all his bounty to me? I will lift up the cup of salvation and call on the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his faithful ones. O Lord, I am your servant. I am your servant, the child of your serving girl. You have loosed my bonds. I will offer to you a thanksgiving sacrifice and call on the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people. In the courts of the house of the Lord, in your midst, O Jerusalem, praise the Lord.
please stand as you are able for the singing of the Gloria Patri and the reading of the gospel. Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to St. Luke, chapter 24, verses 13 through 35. Glory to you, O Lord. Now on that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem, and talking with each other about all these things that had happened. While they were talking and discussing, Jesus himself came near and went with them, but their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, What are you discussing with each other while you walk along? They stood still, looking sad. Then one of them, whose name was Cleopas, answered him, Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem who does not know the things that have taken place there in these days? He asked them, What things? They replied, The things about Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, mighty indeed, And word before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and leaders handed him over to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day since these things took place. Moreover, some women of our group astounded us. They were at the tomb early this morning, and when they did not find his body there, they came back and told us that they had indeed seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the woman had said, but they did not see him. Then he said to them, Oh, how foolish you are and how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have declared. Was it not necessary that the Messiah should suffer these things and then enter into his glory? Then beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them the things about himself in all the scriptures. As they came near the village to which they were going, he walked ahead as if he were going on. But they urged him strongly, saying, Stay with us, because it is almost evening, and the day is now nearly over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, blessed, and broke it, and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he vanished from their sight. They said to each other, Were not our hearts burning within us while he was talking to us on the road, while he was opening the scriptures to us? That same hour they got up and returned to Jerusalem, 
and they found the eleven and their companions gathered together. They were saying, The Lord has risen indeed, and he has appeared to Simon. Then they told what had happened on the road and how he had been made known to them in the breaking of the bread. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. There come episodes in the course of a battered lifetime that place us deep in the shadows. If the shadow is dark enough, we may not feel able to move forward, for our foresight and insight and eyesight are so limited. We may become bound, chained, held. Right now, if the view along an empty Commonwealth Avenue this morning is any clue, we are in the heart of such an experience, deep and dark today, surrounded by a swirling pandemic which shows no immediate abatement. You may have known this condition before, this condition of confusion or disorientation or ennui or asadia. You may know it still. The death of a loved one can bring such a feeling. The loss of a position or job can bring such a feeling. The recognition of a major life mistake can bring such a feeling. The recollection of a past loss can bring such a feeling. The disappearance of a once radiant affection or love for a person or a cause or an institution can bring such a feeling. And now, April 26, 2020, the shared experience of distance, of loss of rhythm, of disorientation, not just distance, comes to mind in Sunday fullness. And how to speak and think of these things. Over the years, you may have grown frustrated by your own mother tongue in various ways. English places such a fence between thought and feeling when real thought is almost always deeply felt and real feeling is almost always keenly thought. We need another word like thought feeling or felt thought. Anyway, you, well beloved, by nature and discipline, live the thought feeling gospel and for that we are lastingly thankful. Be it then thought or feeling or thought feeling, there do come episodes all in a lifetime that place us, if not in the dark, at least well into the shadows. You may have known all about this at one time. You may know it still. You may know it now. Come Sunday, some snippet of song or verse or preachment or prayer or, especially today, a line from a cantata, it may be, will touch you as you meander about in the dim shadow twilight. Hold on to that snippet. Follow its contours along the cave of darkness in which you now move. Let the snippet, song, verse, sermon, prayer, line, let it guide you along so you may be able to murmur I can do this, we can make our way, I can find a handhold or foothold, we can hope and even trust that the Lord heals the brokenhearted. I can make it for now, at least for now, for the time being. It is the power and role of beauty, verbal or musical or liturgical or communal, to restore us to our rightful mind, our right thought feeling. Today, the epistle, the gospel, and the psalm lift a hymn of faith, a song of courage in the face of adversity. It is this lift for living which beauty, especially the beauty of holiness, and particularly this morning, the beauty of holy music, is meant to provide. Here at Marsh Chapel, 
right for a moment today, this Sunday. We want to accentuate truth for sure and goodness for sure, but we don't want to leave behind beauty. Beauty can heal in our work with demons, in our quiet and contemplation. Beauty in the case of this morning, the beauty of Bach, often has the power to shake us loose, to set us free, or at least to give us grace in a grim time, grace in a viral time, grace in an anxious, depressive time, grace to get by, to make us, as in Luke 24, not just followers, but also witnesses. They told what had happened on the road and how he had been made known to them in the breaking of the bread. And on a personal note, I look forward with eager anticipation to the gathering up time one fine day when our congregation will not be remotely virtual, but beautifully, beautifully actual. Like the psalmist, my soul longs and my heart cries out in the void and silence of this time of distance for the healing presence of the divine. Dr. Jarrett, how shall we listen, both on the radio and in person, most fully to be immersed in today's Bach experience? Bach's cantatas take their names from the first line of text, and today's cantata, number 74, sets verses uh, 23 from John 14. Wer mich liebet, der wird mein Wort halten, or whoever loves me and keeps my word. Bach originally conceived of the cantata for use on Pentecost Sunday in 1725, where we find the Holy Spirit come down to ignite the movement among the disciples that would become the church. The disciples and their followers of Jesus had remained stunned, suspended in disbelief that their movement and leader had been cut down so devastatingly. Today's lesson of Jesus' appearance on the road to Emmaus finds the disciples in the initial stages of their grief, no doubt deep in their own thought feeling. Though a cantata for Pentecost, there is surprisingly little reference to the Holy Spirit, but rather a focus on Jesus' promise to return and that faith will create a dwelling for him in our hearts. The cantata is rich with arias, four total. The first two arias are the most personal, almost a dialogue between the ardent believer and the reminder of the words of Jesus. These mutual assurances exchanged, the final two arias turn outward to the church and beckon us to follow suit in making room for Jesus within our hearts. Both of these arias find their vigor with representations of the earthly trials each of us face in a life of faith, but also a reminder of the sufferings Jesus himself endured. After all, you can't have a bacchantata without a reminder of the passion and the snares of sin. Musically speaking, Cantata 74 is many things. The opening movement is unified by the motive of the first words rather than a chorale tune defining a structure. And for a movement with festival trumpets and timpani, the bluster is replaced with elegance and confidence of stride. At the outset, there seems an error in order, at least an imbalance, perhaps, of arias and recitatives. But there is a clear internal structure that features a single recitative between each of the two aria groupings. Those two recitatives serve as musical and theological connectors to the arias on either side. 
Within these eight movements, we hear extraordinary variety from Bach, from the winsome soprano solo, the anxious bass continual aria that hints at our own doubt of Jesus' promise, to the tenor aria that nearly takes flight, and the blazing bravura of the final alto aria. Here we have musical and theological reminders of both penance and atonement, but also the assurance of love and grace. And on a personal note, this April day in 2020, as we enter our seventh week of disciplined societal distance from one another, I, like those disciples, remain stunned and stunted by the loss of contact with the divine. For me, that divine contact happens when we make music together, our nobler selves revealed and joined in the grace of music's art. And so, like the psalmist, my soul longs and my heart cries out in the void and silence of this distance for the healing presence of the divine. Our gospel lesson from Luke, brought as an interlude into our yearly reading of Matthew, reminds us of the healing power in ordered worship. First, in a recitation of the gospel. Second, in an interpretation of that gospel. Third, in a communal engagement of the gospel, in the communion bread of the church, in the common cup of the church, in the common life of the church. They knew him in the breaking of the bread. For some, the emphasis will fall on the knowing. For others, the emphasis will fall on the thanksgiving, the Eucharistic bread broken. For some, the what. For others, the how. For all, come Sunday, come this Lord's Day, the possibility of new life, even if dimly perceived, even if shadowed. For those, that is, who have walked past a graveyard or two, for those who have walked the valley of the shadow of death, for a world searching for enough common ground to allow a common hope, for a nation reeling from a winter and spring of worry and loss, for you today, if you are in trouble and who are worried today about others and other graves and other yards, and who have seen the hidden viral traps, the unforeseeable viral dangers, and steel-jawed viral snares of life, there is something encouraging about this Easter song. They knew him in the breaking of the bread. The Emmaus Road brings a hymn of the heart, one you sing when you are not sure, but you are confident, not certain, but confident, not certain, but confident. You can be confident without being certain, in fact, a genuine, honest confidence includes the confidence to admit you are not sure. Faith means risk. Isn't that part of what we mean by faith? If we had always certainty, we would not need faith. Once you are on the road, you have to choose between walking forward and slinking away. For those today, for instance, trying hard to think through what the rest of 2020 might be like, those in the thick of unexpected transition, the word has this support for you, the gift of the next step. The gift of getting by, getting through, getting out, and getting home, not pausing to worry about the small stuff. This song is one for that point on the road when you just have to go ahead, not seeing yet too far down the road. You are not sure, but you sense a presence 
and receive the courage to take one more step. So step forward, go about your discipleship, pray, study, learn, make peace, love your neighbor, agree to disagree agreeably, let everyone be convinced in his or her own mind. The random remains random. We shall face our challenges in our time. We shall face a common illness, infection, and virus with a common faith, a common hope, and a common love. Just this, we need not face them alone, but in the company of the gospel and its interpretation and its community engaged together, one day in Easter say, one day in music say, one day in service say, but every day with an uncanny sense of the presence of one risen. In the name of the resurrected Son, and of the creating Father, and of the abiding Spirit, now with the mind of Christ set us on fire, that unity may be our great desire. Give joy and peace, give faith to hear your call, and readiness in each to work for all.
Yeah. <laughs> 
Dearly beloved, let us pray. Gracious, loving, holy, we offer this our gift of money, a symbol of our time, energy, resources, and commitment. Bless and multiply this gift, we pray, that our giving may become receiving, and our receiving may become giving, in the beauty and mystery of your life within us and through us. Amen. May the sun so warm and bright on you, your darkest night a star shine through, your dullest morn a radiance brew, and when dusk comes, God's hand to you. The blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be and abide with each one of us now and always. Amen.